Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. So time is really important, and it's not ours. And yet sometimes I think I can act as if it is a commodity to me. But it's wise to think, to number our days, to consider these things. But verse 16, it says, But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. When we say that we're going to do this, we're going to do that, it'd be better to say, if the Lord wills, we'll go and do such and such a thing. And I've, I've learned to do that. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Truth in Christ. Pastor Rob finalizes chapter 4 of the book of James by examining how we should be thankful for the time that the Lord gives us here on earth. However, James reminds us that we must not boast about tomorrow. We all know that life can change quickly, and there are no guarantees for what may come tomorrow. That's why James suggests that we trust the Lord for every day to come and look to Him for His direction. Let's listen to Pastor Rob's teaching for today. Right? And they make a religion out of it. Be careful. (laughs) We can't do that, right? In fact, I like people who are vegetarians because they remind, they have this, most people who are vegetarians have this nice lean muscles and they're fairly thin. Their body mass index is like negative three. And then I show up, this carnivore, and I've got a body mass index of, and, um, and I'm a meat eater, and I'm like, man, you look good, you know, you look healthy, you know, so there's a, there's a story, there's a, a lesson I need to learn there. But you know what? We've got to be careful in that, too, that we don't look upon other people and judge them over the things that they eat or the things that they don't eat. Think of how silly it is. But yet it happens. And there is a difference between judging and knowing a person by their fruit. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 43, he says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. If it's a good tree, it's going to bear good fruit. Nor does a bad tree Bear good fruit, for every tree is known by its fruit. And men, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. And here he makes it personal. He says, a good man, now he gets from the, 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 the actual fruit trees themselves, now he gets to the, the, the human being. He says, but a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil tre- treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So fruit is something that we can see. And we can examine that fruit. That's not judging. That's just saying, hey, that's a good man. That person is not doing so well. 
right? But we have no right to judge them and say, you know, that they're going to hell because of this, because they could get saved the very next day. So we can't judge them, but we are to look at the fruit. We're to look at the fruit in our own lives. Lord, am I one of yours? And if I am, are there evidences from my own life to others around me? Is there fruit hanging off the vines? Is it pleasant fruit, or is it not so good? So we can be a fruit inspector first in our own life, but you don't have to go the extra step and judge, but you can look for fruit. It's okay. A murderer is a murderer. If you go up to a murderer and say, and he's guilty, he's certainly killed somebody, and you say, well, you're a murderer. It's true, isn't it? Are you judging him? No, you're telling the truth. It is the truth. Were you caught thieving and stealing? You're a thief. Are you a liar? (laughs) Have you been lying all your life? You're a liar. Are you judging? I don't know, necessarily. It's probably the truth, especially if you are. But when we judge a motive, we don't know all the information. That's where we have to be careful. And we certainly don't know the end of that person's life. Verse 12, it says, There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. And so he says, Who are you to judge one another? In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 10, in Hannah's prayer, she said something really interesting. As she was, uh, as she was praying, in verse 10 she said this, She said, The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them, and the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. There is only one judge. Test one, two, there we go. There's only one judge, and that is God himself. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. Let's look at verse 13. It says, come now, now the subject changes a little bit, now that we've all been beaten up by judging and speaking evil, and how we can play right into the hand of the devil. Notice those two words before. You know, the speaking evil and the devil. Same definition. One's a verb, one's a noun. So consider that. Say, Lord, give me a, a purity in my mouth, my thoughts. But James goes on and he says, verse 13, he says, Come now, you who say tomorrow or today, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. You know, in Psalm 139, David spoke this very similar thing. He said in verse 39, verse 4, he says, Lord, make me to know my end. And there's a wise man. Make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I really am? I I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what today holds. It says, indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths and my age as nothing before you. Isn't that humbling? (laughs) It's really humbling, isn't it? My age is nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor. But a vapor. You know, I love doing memorial services because everyone there is there because they are, they, they're missing a loved one who has just passed on. And that is such a great time to share with them how life really is a vapor. It's short. And what's really disturbing is when you have someone who's young who passes, hasn't even experienced the life yet. Their life is but a vapor. Whether you're 50 years old, whether you're 18 years old, 
Whether you live to the ripe old age of 95, your life is but a vapor. It goes, doesn't it? It comes and it goes. You remember on June 27th of 2017, there were five young ladies, graduates from Fairport High School that died in a fiery uh, car crash in East Bloomfield, New York. And here are their faces. These young ladies had just graduated high school. Many of them were on the cheerleading team. Just a week prior to their crash there in East Bloomfield, they had graduated. They were looking forward to tomorrow. What's going to happen? They, they probably already had colleges secured. They probably already had the tuition, maybe. Maybe they were sending out applications to different colleges. Many of them had boyfriends, perhaps getting serious and thinking about, is this the one I'm going to marry? And that day, they had no idea when they woke up that they'd pull around a tractor or pull around a car at night, around 10 o'clock at night, on 5 and 20 in Canandaigua. And I think some texting might have been involved because just moments before they crashed, there were records of the texting that they were texting back and forth with two other car, with another car. And they went head-on into a tractor trailer, full speed. And the whole thing consumed in flames, and they were trapped underneath the, the tractor trailer. And they burned to death. And those five young ladies had no idea that their life is a vapor. And so we tend to make our plans. We tend to make our plans. I love what it says in Psalm 90. Moses wrote Psalm 90, and it says this. Let's just read it because it's very sobering. He says, Lord, you have been my dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were ever brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men. And here it is. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past. And like a watch in the night, you carry them away like a flood. They are like a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up, and in the morning it flourishes, and it grows up, and in the evening it is cut down and it withers. And then down in verse 10 he says, The days of our lives are 70 years. Moses lived to be 120. But he said most men only live to be 70. He says, The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength or good health they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. And here is the verse, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Every day is a gift. Every day is a, is a, is a gift from God and how we ought to cherish it. In Job chapter 13, he said, Man decays like a rotten thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. In verse four, or chapter 14, he says, Man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. It's kind of a bummer, isn't it, this message? Because it really doesn't have a lot to say about our flesh, does it? Anything that really props us up, it's really just saying, hey, be careful, you know. And it's a good thing. We need to be reminded of that. Man is born of woman and as a few days and full of trouble. He comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. And so it is for all of us. Again, memorial services are so touching. And the ones that really get me 
or when a father goes and a daughter stands up here and gives a eulogy and talks about her father. Those things tear me apart. Sometimes it's those little insignificant things that a man or a father or a mother might do that are remembered by their child. The big things they've forgotten, but there may be one small act of kindness that you did that will remind them and stay with them all their life. How precious is that? In verse 15 he says, Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. In Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 16, Jesus said, He spoke a parable. And he says, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will will pull down my barns and build greater barns, and there I will store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat and drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, only God can say that, because the man is acting like there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, no God. That's what a fool is, someone who says, no God. No to you, yes to me. But God says, fool, this very night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be that you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And so you can see that this this man how many men, wealthy men, have built up riches and they've lived for wealth? They've gained all the money. They've spent hours, overtime, overtime. Their family is, they've hardly seen their family, but they're making a lot of money. And he dies. Who does it go to? Hopefully it goes to his family. But wouldn't they much rather have him than the money? Where's it going to go? It's really sad, too, when you hear of really wealthy men and they, their sole beneficiary is a son or a daughter who's in their early 30s or late 20s, and then they get this huge inheritance. And like the young prodigal, they go out and they spend every bit of it. They just waste it away, and they end up hooked on heroin. And then they die a young death because they had, no, they had nothing inside of them. So time is really important, and it's not ours. And yet sometimes I think I can act as if it is a commodity to me. But it's wise to think, to number our days, to consider these things. But verse 16, it says, But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. When we say that we're going to do this, we're going to do that, it'd be better to say, if the Lord wills, we'll go and do such and such a thing. And I've, I've learned to do that. Somebody will say, will you do this? And I'll say, I think I can. Lord willing, I'll, I'll be there. Have you heard me say that to you sometime? Lord willing. <laughs> it's because of this verse. Because I don't know what happens tomorrow. Can I make a promise about tomorrow and I don't even know tomorrow? It's better just to say, Lord willing, I'll be there. And 95% of the time, you're, you're there when you said you're going to be there. We should let our yes, yes be yes and our no be no. But even still, we don't know tomorrow. If the Lord wills, we will be there. But in verse 17, it says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. And these are called sins of omission. There's sins of commission and there's sins of omission. Sins of commission are those things that I do that I know are wrong. I commit the sin. And there are other times where I should be doing something and I'm not doing it. 
And that's a sin as well. When I know to do good and I do it not, it is a sin. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, it says this, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it you when you have it with you. Have you ever done that? I have. Because it was just inconvenient. <laughs> and, and I say, well, uh, you know, I'll get to it tomorrow. We'll talk tomorrow. And I've got, I, can get, I can talk to them right now, and I can give them whatever they need right now. Have you seen an elderly person trying to cross a street? Or my daughter and I were in Wegmans the other day, and there was this man who was um, in a wheelchair, and he had one of those carts, and he was having a tough time, and he was by the frozen food, and I'll never forget it. And I'm not saying this to boast anything good I've done, but here's an example. You know, there he is. He's got this cart, and the cart is big, and so it's kind of in the way to open the door for the, in the frozen food thing in Wegmans. You know what I'm talking about, right? And so he's trying, he's trying so hard, and he's moving up, and he's stretching back, and I've seen that, and I'm like, you know, we've got to help this guy, you know? And so we open the door for him. We get the ice cream out. It was vanilla. <laughs> My favorite. My favorite. So put the vanilla ice cream in his cart, and then... He, he was very thankful, you know, because he was straining his back. And, he just, and plus the cable for the whole thing was, like, trailing behind him. And so I wound it up for him, you know, so he doesn't wipe out some other elderly person. And so, you know, just kind things like that, you know. Could, for me to, to, to know to do good and to do it not, it would be sin for me. To, to just, I had the time. We weren't in any rush. There wasn't something pressing. And I can help. Have you, you know, do that. Make a difference. And then... It, it gets better because then we go about our shopping and we get in the, in the line and we're unpacking all the stuff, putting it up on the, on the belt there. And this guy comes right behind us. And Ariana looks at me and she smiles and she starts helping the guy take the stuff out of his cart. Because, again, it, this cart's in front of him. It's kind of hard to get all your stuff, especially the stuff that's way over there. You've got you to reach over and you've got to, you know. So she and I helped him do that. And you should have seen the look on this guy's face. He was like completely struck that anybody would even care. <laughs> and it blew me away. And I'm like, the Lord spoke to me. He's like, you know, be aware of things like that, Rob. And when you can do things like that to help somebody. You know, because sometimes, like you, I can get so busy in my own little zone, in my own little world, I forget. Little things like that. And boy, they make a big difference. This guy was so thrilled. And he might even have saw us in the line and came there because he knew we'd probably help him. But how thankful he was and how that really brightened my daughter and my heart to just help somebody. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Let's consider that. You know, and this morning, we're going to take communion together. And this is a really good opportunity for us to examine our hearts, you know, we don't take communion as a, as a means of covering our sin. We don't take communion to cover our sin. Because if you're a Christian, your sin has already been covered. Remember when Jesus was in that upper room, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you will, take this and, and eat this. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same thing with the cup. He passed the cup around. He said, this is the, my blood of the New Testament, of the New Covenant. Take it and drink all of it. For as often as you will, do this in remembrance of me. And so that's why we, we take communion. Because we've already been forgiven. If you're a Christian this morning, your sin has been forgiven. 
And this is a reminder of what happened in that upper room and on that cross nearly 2,000 years ago. Jesus bore the punishment for your sin, for my sin. As we look this morning at judging and speaking evil, presumption, going to do this, going to do that, we don't even know what tomorrow holds. All these things, you know, can be forgiven by God if we ask him. He says if we, if we turn from our sins, if we ask him, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, every single one of them. And you can walk away justified, not in what you've done, but in all that Jesus has done. And if you're here this morning and you're thinking, you know, I've got a mess on my shoulders, I've lived a life of sin, and I've never confessed it. I've never repented of my sin. I've never turned away from it. I know what I've done is wrong. Today, you can walk out of here a child of God. It is that simple, because the profound thing happened on the cross. That was profound, what Jesus did on the cross. And he invites you, if you don't know him, you must be born again. That's what Jesus said. You must be born again. No man comes unto the Father except through me, Jesus said. You must be born from above. You must have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Otherwise, you are none of his. And when you breathe your last, he will look at you and say, what did you do with my son? And we will honestly say, if you don't know him, I didn't know him. And the Bible says that you will spend an eternity in outer darkness, in hell. And it will be torment forever and ever and ever. It will never end, and it will be the most excruciating thing, and it will never end. But if you give your heart to Christ, there are pleasures forevermore, and you will live with him forever, and there will be great joy and great blessing. Everybody wants heaven, but they don't acknowledge the one who has the key and the access to it. You must acknowledge Jesus Christ. He is your only hope. There's no one who has ever claimed to forgive you and to take their, your sin upon their shoulders. No other religious man on the earth. Buddha didn't do it. Muhammad didn't do it. Harry Krishna didn't do it. Joseph Smith didn't do it. Charles Taze Russell didn't do it. No one has done it. David Koresh didn't do it. Jim Jones didn't do it. There's only one judge, and he loves you with all of his heart. Do you know that? Do you know how much he loves you? Let him love you. And you may think, I don't have anything lovable in me, Lord, <laughs> after all I've done. And you may even be saying that even as a Christian. Be free of it today. As we take the bread and the cup and as the worship team comes up, now is a good time. If you haven't given your heart, do it. And if you've been a Christian a long time, it's good to remember the price that was paid, and the forgiveness that's available. Will you take that forgiveness? Will you receive it? Father, it is true. You are more than enough for us, Lord. You are such a great Savior. Lord, such a great Lord. And Father, you are a good, good Father. And you've been so good to us, Lord. And we know that you have great plans for us, for each of us, Lord. Please lift the heaviness, Lord, from us. The, uh, I know this morning was, was tough, Father. Um, but, Lord, I pray that you would just turn that um, into joy, Lord, knowing that our sins are forgiven, that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, 
And so we lift you up, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, This has been Truth in Christ.